Right now that time, 8.15, you're tuned to WGNS. This is the Action Line, and in studio with us this morning, Rutherford County Juvenile Court Judge Donna Scott Davenport. How are you this morning? Good morning, Scott. I'm great. The sun is out. going to be a wonderful day. It is, and man, the weather has been perfect. Yeah, it has. I wish I were outside like all day Uh, exactly (laughs) so what's new in the juvenile courts well we we go forward and then we seem to go backward and then we take a step forward and two backward um you know we last year march april we were shut down uh for court appearances with just emergency hearings uh those type things and then uh the district came up with a total plan to start opening back up gradually and we had restrictions with numbers of people that could be in the courtroom and and uh, what type of cases and then we finally got open all the way up but still with those restrictions of people and then around the first uh week in january or so uh the supreme court with our chief justice decided that we needed to take a step back and shut down the courts again with restrictions as far as what cases again the emergency hearings and in juvenile of course our child abuse cases have to be heard and um so that was to go into April 1st, and then around uh, the first of February, middle of February, it was determined we're going to open up March 15th. So we had a lot of people that thought they had a case, and then they were told not to have a case, but we were still there March the 15th in case they walked in the building to, to have court, and a few did, and a few didn't, and we reset those cases. So we're still resetting now cases uh, again that that we missed but we about got all of our cases uh reset uh i think magistrate mccullough is having a docket call this week or the first of next week to finish up a few of his so we we're we're back open and and we're ready to go forward as far as uh we're still under those restrictions which does cause us a problem in juvenile because our courtrooms are so small we're not supposed to have more than 10 people in the courtroom COVID has really changed so much. And, you know, I, I don't think I realized how big of an issue child custody cases were until COVID came up because you start hearing about the issues once COVID hits, it seems like. Yeah, and, and everybody wants their day in court. They deserve their day in court. But at the same time, we do have to be cautious because COVID is, trust me, <laughs> it is nothing to to be uh, slide about you you need to be vigilant and and I appreciate that that everybody had taken those precautions to protect us and uh, just and when we opened back up uh, a few weeks ago then one of my uh, regular attorneys came down with COVID so we can't have that and then we've had still some other new cases coming in where a litigant or an attorney may, or a witness may have COVID, and of course they they've proven that, so that case can't go forward. So it does. It seems like some days we're ready to go full 
steam ahead and then whoops we got to put on the brakes but it does it, it's it especially with the child custody because everybody is uh, at odds they might be at odds with each other of who should have what days and how that visitation should look and even support payments and uh and it's it's very difficult for them it's very frustrating for our attorneys and it's very frustrating for all the the people out there that are trying to get their their day in court and, and you know with covid it, it causes an extra strain not only on the parents but the kids as well because you've got kids who are out of school all of a sudden and they're supposed to be doing work from home and you know let's be honest I couldn't have done work from home if I were in middle school or high school I wouldn't want to do that and I'd be sidetracked so it has led to lower grades probably more kids getting in trouble so there's so much pressure and stress out there because of COVID yeah it's just like a the the ripple effect and it has and it does and we've got a lot of students that have done well with that checking in when they're supposed to on the computer and we have some where the parents are working again they're working if they when they were in school they'd get that phone call and say you missed a period or it didn't show up or you left early and that type thing but uh the the other i know that there's safe checks that the parents should do but a lot of the times they're not following up because they're just they're slammed themselves yeah. trying to stay safe and healthy and keep their jobs. And, uh, it, it's just really been uh, a challenge for everybody in, in our community and across the country. You know, I, I kind of feel bad for a lot of those parents who, you know, they're working to make ends meet. And then all of a sudden they're having an extra kid at home or something. That's got to be stressful for the parent, you know, because let's face it i mean things are expensive these days and you have to make ends meet so an added stress is not a good thing no i think it's added stress to everybody it really has and 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 we we have seen a a, an uptick with our children you know not anything the serious but you know they're out there (laughs) because they're not in school and when we shut down last spring my biggest concern was when school did not start back our reporters were not there on our abuse children Mm. and of course this is there's a there's the national day for this and national month for that but this is national uh child abuse awareness month and uh us being shut down again it it causes concern that we're we don't have them in school we don't have because our biggest reporters are our teachers our counselors and our, our law enforcement that are in our schools and uh, there has been a decline in reporting but an increase in the abuse when it finally does come to surface so that's been very disturbing by the way our phone number if you want to text us or call us 615-893-1450 our guest this morning juvenile court judge donna scott davenport Again, 615-893-1450. When you have situations where the custodial parent makes a decision that, you know, it's not going to be safe for my child to go to the other parent's house for this weekend because, let's say, his wife, her husband, whatever, works in health care. And that parent makes that decision because of COVID. I'm not going to send them there this weekend. I'm going to let them know that, but I'm not going to do that. We'll have to make it up another time. Can they get in trouble for that? Well, I can't really give any legal advice, but a lot of those situations are occurring. And uh, uh, 
hopefully they've got some legal advice on their end to tell them. And, of course, we would have to hear everything if it came to court and they were trying to, to punish that parent for not following the visitation order. Uh, we'd have to really peel back those layers and see, was it legitimate, you know, and that type thing. And so, uh, and, and that's the main thing. A lot of people have said, I've got COVID, I can't come to court. And uh, their track record might not be very well either as far as attending court hearings. So we may... Um, order or request their attorney if they're represented just bring us a little proof you know it's not hard to get that proof you know because if if you have you you need some medical attention um but things like that are happening they're they're definitely happening where and they can't get into the courts because um they are now but when we were shut down that that was not one of the topics that we could have come into the court you know and sadly you've got good parents out there who are trying to make the best decisions for their children and they may have been married in the past to somebody who wasn't so good so i could see where somebody would use that against them super fast well and they could and and the best thing is that communication and respect which sometimes they're angry and we don't have that we we can't see past that and it's always good if we do miss and and it's legitimate or not legitimate it may be that they get some extra time to make up for what they they lost because you have to look at the big picture i mean and and we don't know we'd have to just see with was there really a risk you know for that child if the child went to the other parent what in the world do you do when you have one parent who's bad talking, you know, that, that ex-wife, that ex-husband who, you know, they share a child with, but they're calling that other person names? I mean, literally, every name under the book. What do you do? Well, hopefully every case that, of course, we don't deal with divorce in juvenile, but we do deal with a lot of children born out of wedlock, non-traditional families that have multiple children, maybe by multiple fathers, and every order should have attached to it what's called our Parental Bill of Rights. And in that, it strictly says there shall be no derogatory comments about the other parent. Um, so that's like a period. law. It, it's in that's the statute. Wild. It's in the statute. And that is should be attached to every order or in an order that that phrase there shall be no derogatory comments and what they do is if they are doing that and they've got the proof of that of course they can file anything in any court and bring it to the court's attention that they're in violation of the court order or that we want you to to just sternly again tell that parent we really need to stop this we need to to stop uh, talking bad because as we always say when you talk bad about the mother or the father you're talking bad about your child yeah. because that child is a makeup of both of you. And that's one thing we try to have them visualize. And you don't want to do that to your child. You're not going to, you're not going to say to your child all these ugly things. So we hope that they take that to heart. Well, you know, and it teaches that child that it's okay to talk about, let's say it's a mother, a woman like that. It's okay to talk to talk about a man like that or call them names. You know, it really sets that child up for, bad things in the future we lead by example and they are little sponges at any age and they soak it up so it isn't it isn't the best thing to do at all again our phone number 615-893-1450 we'll take a phone call real quick here good morning thanks for calling good morning man i just roll over wgns what would we do without you guys man you guys are talking about a subject 
that touches everybody that's listening and everybody around. It, it's, man, it, it's just so much going on. Everywhere you look, this is going on. And everybody has either been through it. I, I went through it. I don't mind telling you. But you all are right, too. The worst thing you do is talk about that other parent. That's dangerous. Because the parenting thing, man, I'm talking to anybody, is dangerous. Because a child don't know. And then, you know, we, we are, America's in a bad enough stage anyway. And, and we're already running without love almost anyway. And we don't need a parent down in another parent. That's very dangerous. We don't need we don't need no more negative going on in America this day and time. Because I know I, I deal with a lot of churches, I deal with a lot of people, and I, and I listen to people. And you all, we're in trouble. Because yep. I have a lot of friends, and I know a lot of people that's going through what you all are talking about. And we are in trouble, you all. Well, thank you for calling this morning. Yes, sir. Hey, I know I can always count on WGNF for telling the truth. <laughs> I'm listening. You all have a good day. All right, you too. Yes, sir. Again, our number six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty. You can call or text. We just got a text that says, "Welcome back." Well, thank you. <laughs> it's been a rough winter, but I'm, we're 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 going strong now. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, it's got to be hard when you're dealing with a parent who is barely even eighteen. I, I mean, some of these parents out here have, well, they haven't even been raised themselves, but yet they're parenting all of a sudden yeah we have a lot of minors having children and we have a lot of 18 and 19 year olds of course that are are, are parents and you know and we shouldn't be talking bad about anybody let's <laughs> let's parent you know our extended family doesn't do it need to do it and it just reminded me that the caller that we we are we're we're in a crisis with the ugliness and 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 the hatefulness and um I noticed that um, when we had the big ice storm, the the snow, that shut just about everything down. Nobody could go anywhere, and, and a lot of businesses closed and courts closed because it wasn't safe. The post I saw on Facebook lifted my heart and made me feel, oh, maybe this is one to continue because families were having dinner. Families were uh, out playing in the snow. They were having family time that forced them to have that family time. And that just warmed my heart. And, and I was my prayer was that let's, let's hope that we can continue some of that grace because people were helping people get out of ditches and get them to work, especially our health care. You know, people yeah. were offering free, free rides to get them there and, and keep fighting the COVID and um, that was my prayer at the time. We just need to extend this grace and, and, and this kindness. Uh, it should be every day, not just when we're forced to, to so. do something. Yeah. Again, our number is 615-893-1450. And somebody texted us this. If a teenager is sexually active, but the parents or the parent lack concern for the child's well-being, can a grandparent or even a teacher who knows about the situation contact authorities leading to the court to actually have that child tested for STDs or to get on birth control? Well, I don't know about the last part. Let's take <laughs> the first part first. I'm going to give you a phone number. <clears throat> if at any time you think any child is not properly monitored, supervised, 
or is being neglected, abused in any way, I'm going to give you the number to the toll-free number to the Department of Children's Services, 877-237-0004. That is the hotline. And more information you can give them, the more they will be able to screen out that call and send somebody in to investigate. Now, ordering a child um, that's not, if you don't have custody, that would be a slippery slope, I believe, in doing that. Um, But I think DCS involvement might help at least approach the subject and maybe even convince a parent. If you don't, let's just see if they may volunteer to do some things that would uh, lessen your mind about possible because they're out there very very young sexually active and that text and, and what you're saying it goes right back to teenagers raising kids you know people who are just young having kids of their own yeah. there and there's not as we always say there's not a handbook and and i would like to say you were talking about uh, conflict in in with sharing children and that type thing um in divorce court you're required to do a parenting uh class uh, and that has to be done, and you're required to go to mediation. Now, the statute does not require juvenile for the parenting, but we order that a lot, and but we do require the mediation as well. So that at the beginning of the conflict, that the two parties sit down with a neutral person, and they go back and forth, and it's, a, it's an exchange of bargains until they can maybe eliminate some of the issues and come to agreement on some, or... Uh, then have the full-blown hearing, which is never good for anybody. Um, but there, there are safe gaps in our procedure to try to help neutralize everybody so that they can get along and learn that this is the best way to handle this. Do you have more issues with the parents who are younger, the parents who are you know maybe in their late teens or early 20s, or do you have more problems with parents not parenting who are in their mid twenty or mid thirties to forties. I think it's across the board for different issues. Youth and immaturity, but then the older and they're working two or three jobs or they're several <laughs> children and maybe even raising grandchildren and uh, it's just it's just overwhelming. And and so it's it's a mixed bag for different reasons. Again with us this morning, Rutherford County Juvenile Court Judge Donna Scott Davenport. And the phone line is open. You can call or text 615-893-1450. I'm going to get to one more text and we'll take a break here. Uh, Let's see. If a parent has been paying $160 in child support monthly for several years due to that parent having a lower paying job, but the other parent realizes the parent in question has been making well over 80 grand a year, what can be done? Well, I'm not going to give you any legal advice, but I'm going to tell you about procedure. You can go and file anything that you wish to with the divorce court where your order is down and ask for any type of modification. It's best to consult with an attorney to help you maneuver that. But then that would be your argument in that uh, because it is both salaries, and they have been for years now, both salaries of both parents are considered and there's a worksheet. You just put in the numbers, you put in the days that they visit, and it calculates. We used to do a percentage 
20, 25 years ago. But now it's a worksheet, and it takes both salaries of both parents, and the numbers are what the numbers are. This is all confusing. So is it a different court for the uh, the, the payments that are made for no, a child? Or? No, the state law is the same no matter what okay. court you're in. The worksheet's the same if you're in divorce court, in state court, or if you're in juvenile court. There's just a lot of stuff to try to there's a lot. Out. There's a lot to maneuver. <laughs> yeah, right now that time, 834, we're going to take a break real quick. We're broadcasting from the Willow Window Broadcast Center. Willow Window, making your home beautiful again with replacement windows, doors, and decks online at willowwindow.pro. Time again right now, 834, a check on the forecast and the traffic in just a minute. Hi, this is Amanda at Animal City. Come see us at 919 Northwest Broad Street here in Murfreesboro. Now is a great time to consider flea and tick protection for your pet. We carry a full line of flea and tick products for dogs, cats, rabbits, and ferrets. We also carry a variety of hard-to-find products for your specialty pets. So if you need a pouch for your sugar glider or food for your hedgehog, come see us at Animal City. You can find Animal City at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas' Restaurants. I'm always one of those that goes on and off diets. One of the places I love to eat out the most and still be able to do so and maintain a healthy weight is at Demas's. And you know, Demas is one of the things that I started doing because of my own eating habits is, is we have a low calorie menu and a low carb menu. So depending on whatever diet that you like, we have options for you that are available at Demas's. Please have your family join our family for lunch or dinner seven days a week at Demas's. Skies will become mostly sunny this afternoon, high around 80 degrees. Southwest winds of 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly clear skies, alone near 55. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 54. Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system, reducing microorganisms including bacteria, viruses, and allergens. Call Precision Air, 615-930-0088. That's 615-930-0088. Family Staffing Solutions is proud of our local veterans. I'm Becky Bookner, and as life challenges appear, talk with Family Staffing Solutions about how we can help you stay at home. Call Family Staffing Solutions. Family Staffing Solutions. Honoring and remembering those who served in our military, here is today's Salute to Veterans. Norm Elzir, he's a World War II vet. In this salute, we talked to a World War II veteran. When you went into the war, at what stage? Was it the beginning, the middle, close to the end? Well, it was close to the beginning, December 7th. How many were on your crew? Six gunners and four officers. Did you ever keep count of how many you shot down? Well, yeah, I shot down three. How old were you when you went in? Nineteen. Nineteen years old. And what was your parents' opinion of the... the... No, my parents were dead a long time. I was an orphan. Being the young man you were, what kept you going? What was the driving force inside of Norm? I don't know if I could really answer that. You had a job to do, and you had to do it. That's about it, you know. Uh, you just didn't worry about it. You just no, did it. You did it. That's right. And uh, whenever you got back from a mission, you kissed the ground. I'm glad you're alive. Well, Norm, I look back and think, how would your relatives hear from you? They called a V-mail. If you wanted to write a letter home, they call it a V-mail. A V-mail instead of an email, huh? Yeah. You wrote your letter, then an officer would take it, and he'd go over it. If he thought there was stuff in there that shouldn't be said, he would cut it out. And sometimes your letter would get home and we'd be nothing but holes. This has been a salute to veterans.
Mornings on WGNS Radio. Have you experienced the nightmare of water, mold, or fire damage? Call Restoration One for a free estimate. Veteran and locally owned, fast and available 24-7. Restoration One offers preventative maintenance so that you never have to experience a loss like this again. Restoration One, the water damage experts. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. You can make a meaningful difference in 2021. KidLink Community Services is currently seeking foster parents in your area. KidLink provides free training and certification. Contact KidLink today at 877-714-1313 or KidLinkServices.com. Hi, I'm Dr. O, and I welcome you to meet our compassionate team at Amaville Farms Family Dentistry. Come check out our new patient special. We're located just off of I-24 on Amaville Road. Amaville Farms Family Dentistry. Come fill the Amaville Farms difference. Good morning. Still heavy traffic out here, but it's better than it was 15, 20 minutes ago. On 24, as you head towards Nashville, through the Hickory Hollow area where we had that earlier crash this morning near OHB that slowed down traffic flow there through that section of Antioch. Traffic's busy on 41, continuing inbound Murfreesboro Pine. Hey, Prince's Hot Chicken will be open inside the National the National Museum of African American Music on Broadway coming up next month. Always place your order at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. The Action Line on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. We're Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Right now that time, 8.40, you're tuned to WGNS on this Tuesday morning. Again, broadcasting from the Willow Window Broadcast Center. Willow Window, making your home beautiful again with replacement windows, doors, and decks online at willowwindow.pro. Our guest today, Rutherford County Juvenile Court Judge Donna Scott Davenport, and you can call us or text us any questions you may have, 615-893-1450. And I'm going to, whenever we post this podcast, I'm putting the number on there to report the uh, child abuse through the state of Tennessee and all that, uh, so folks can get that information there if they want to report anything, and that is or it can be anonymous, right? Oh, it's definitely anonymous. You can't even ask under oath a, a worker or anybody, did you make a referral? It's totally anonymous. They also, if you're if you're savvy online, that they have a web that you can report. And it's a lot different than it was, again, uh, many years ago. If Especially if you report it, they'll give you, either way, they'll give you a, a case number. And then you can go online and check and see what the status turned out to be did they just totally not have enough to come in and do an investigation or did they go out but they will let you know not all the details but they will at least inform you as to how that referral was handled which is a wonderful thing we've had probably for the past five or six years that is good it's very good yeah we have a text question here it says my cousin is 23 a few years ago he or she was told to attend your parenting class it did wonders and she has had another baby and i can see that she needs another class <laughs> <laughs> well we always need always need refreshers uh unfortunately with covid we're we are not even doing ours but i can i, I don't have their number but an avenue that that might be successful is the exchange club of Murfreesboro. The Exchange Club of Murfreesboro offers parenting classes. And another, I'm, they're going to shoot me if I'm not 100% right, Greenhouse Ministries. 
greenhouse and uh, Cliff Sharp and they they do so many services for our community. That might be another avenue where she might can get some uh, classes if they're if they're offering them. Uh, but that might be an avenue because we we are not because we're not open to that yet for that for for the classes. But they're out there. That's two avenues I can think off the top of my head that maybe uh, encourage her to because things change and um, uh, new things are. are suggestions and that type thing so hopefully she can and thanks for that because we did our parenting classes were so successful we were very happy to have those you know along the lines of of parenting being a juvenile court judge you man the, the cases that you would oversee there's just there's so many of them and some of them have got to be very tiring it it's um it'll break your heart or it'll fill your heart and I go up and down every day, depending on what case. And I can go from being brokenhearted to so full of praise and success for a child or a parent. Uh, so it's a roller coaster every day. And um, I, I don't want to do anything else. I'm going to keep on doing it as, as long as good, good Lord sent me here. He's going to keep me here. Uh, because it is. It's emotional. And, and of course, I don't do it myself. I have such an amazing staff. And then the agencies that we work with are, are, are so great at, at their job. It, I just kind of steer that ship. And um, it, it, it is. It's emotional. It's emotional for all of us to to hear the sad stories and the mental illness that we see. The mental illness that we see in our children and in our parents is heart-wrenching. But our job is to find out what's causing either the bad, the child's bad behavior or the parents' lack of parenting or abuse, and try to get them the help that they need so that we stop that. And my biggest success is, because I've been around so long, I've got children of children, and I'm beginning to see the third generation of the children, because I've been there 22 years. And if I can see that they're not there, or they're doing successful, then we did our job. Break, not breaking the cycle, but because sometimes you can't break the cycle. But if they just find it deep in themselves to change their behavior, be it the adult or the child, then we're doing our job. We're definitely doing our job. I mean, when I pick up a, the paper or read a news article where a child, 19, 20, 25, is now going on his way to prison for even murder, it just breaks my heart. What do you do in situations where you have, you know, two parents don't live together and there's, you know, custody issues left and right, but you have that other parent who, well, you know, when I was a teenager, obviously if, if I, my parents never got divorced, but if I, if I were a teen and I had the choice and I said to myself, well, I want to live with dad, he, he would let me get away with anything or I want to live with mom because she'd let me get with anything. But, but you have those issues where you have a parent who is literally grooming or telling that child what to say in order to actually get in trouble and then a court case comes up and that child says i want to live with dad because that kid knows that he's going to get away with anything and everything but how does a judge decide and filter through all that mess well that's the key you got to filter through it you've got to hear all of the proof you've got to see the proof if there's exhibits and you've got to hear the proof and again our law across the board is very straight it's always in the child's best 
interests, not what the parent wants. It's not necessarily what they want because it's what's best for them. And maybe having rules in one home is keeping them better grounded and in their best interest than the parent that leaves them alone and, and isn't supervising. And you have to you have to be able to hear that. And a lot of cases you, you try, they're both great parents, and you're just trying to share the best you can. It's just very sad that we do have divorce. We have children born out of wedlock where the parents are not traditionally together. Uh, and it, it's tough, but you can only make the decisions that where you hear the proof. Uh, and hopefully, because we do, we have such great attorneys at our bar that they come in prepared uh, and uh, pretty much know this this is going to happen this way. But you got to prove it. You got to peel back those layers. You, you know, I, I've seen good single dads who are raising kids and good single moms raising kids. And personally, I, I got a friend, for example, he's got three kids and he's been raising them on his own. I would want to live at his house because he is so strict. But a child could easily interpret that as he's mean but in reality there's no meanness there. oh absolutely strictness at any even not just parenting but in the workforce yeah. you know if you abide by the laws and you have expectations of everybody's work ethic and what it takes for you to do your job other people's jobs affects yours then you're mean you're mean you're being called one of the mean girls because you expect the work ethic you expect people to be prepared I need to be prepared. I need to do. Everybody does. Everybody has that responsibility. So, yes, it comes with it. And we hear that. We hear that. Well, he's just mean to me. And and we hear that. And that's why, again, in juvenile, we put people in their homes. If it's two homes, we have people that cert qualified counselors, basically. We have these agencies, and that's all they do. And the agencies that usually have these workers, I am so impressed with them. I, I had one young man, he worked for one of these agencies, and his car got painted mm. by one of the youth that he was oh, overseeing. Wow. He never, he didn't take out a charge. He didn't get angry. He let it go. He filed it on his insurance. He ate the deductible. And you got to have the heart. and you Because they want you to react. They want that negative reaction. And I, I thank God for him every day when he steps in my courtroom and he's going to be on a case. I'm knowing he's going to do his job, you know. And we have a lot of – because you've got to have the heart and you got to know that you're dealing with some troubled children. And nobody likes to be told no, especially not our children. No. Especially teenagers. Teenagers, no. And I'm seeing as young as 10 and 12, wow. you know. They, they don't because I'd hate to think. My mom and daddy, they were strict on, strict on me. Uh, but that was a different era, too. You know, uh, but I'm glad they were strict on me. You know, I never, I mean, I never questioned. Uh, all mother had to do was give me that look and that finger. Point that finger at me and give me those piercing blue eyes. They could either melt your heart or just hurt you. <laughs> Have you actually had cases where, where one parent says to the child, you know, I want you to go home and get in trouble. I want you to go home and, and fail in school because I want the courts to look down on your mom or your dad. I don't know if I've ever heard those exact words, but our actions speak a lot of times more than words. And a lot of times our children won't testify. So they really got to present it. It depends on the age and uh, to subpoena a child. Now, in our abuse cases, all of our children have their own attorney. They have a guardian we call them a guardian ad litem, that pending the litigation, they're going to be representing, again, what is their best 
interest. And if that interest in the abuse cases goes sideways with the client, it's usually an older teenager, then the court might appoint an attorney for them to represent what they want. And then that way you get all sides of the story, what they want, why they want it, the best interest, why it's in the best interest. And then, of course, the fitness of the parents. But it's always the best interest of the child. So could you have, like you were talking about earlier, where the the guy's car got painted, (laughs) could you have an agency go into a home and actually I, I guess just oversee a full day with that parent and the interactions? Well, they don't do a full day because they don't have that time. But they, the one agency I'm thinking of, they're usually in the home three to four times a week, several hours at each time. And they're meeting separately and they're meeting together. That's one thing I think that our parenting classes were so successful. It wasn't just sitting down the parent and going, here's what you know, we suggest. The child had to come and the parent had to come. And they both had homework each night they didn't know the other had for situationals, situations. And so it's not like it's all the parents' fault. It's not all the child's fault. We both have brought this issue. You both have to own it and come together. So I think that coming into the home, they do that. They listen to all the sides, and then they offer suggestions, and then they counsel. So it, 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 it takes a lot, and a lot of our children have built up so many layers that it's a little tough to penetrate that sometimes. I bet. Here is a text question that says, I saw on the news where the juvenile detention center in Nashville locked these children in cells by themselves in dark. And uh, for days at a time, it says, is that being monitored now? But, of course, that's in Nashville. But I couldn't address anything that they're doing in Nashville. But you have to, in juvenile custody, somebody has to be watching those Oh, our, our t- detainees, a lot of our children have it better in our facility than they do at home. They all have individual cells, their own individual shower, little study desk. Of course, we have a school where they go they, they, so many hours a day. We have all kinds of programs that help them build resumes and build self-esteem. And I, I don't have enough time to name all the programs that, that we have for our children. And, of course, when I came in yesterday, they were outside because it was so nice. So we're starting to be able to – but we have an inside gym as well so that they can have some physical activity every day too. So uh, that's, that's not common for us. Now, earlier in the show, you were talking about how reports of – child sex abuse are down because well they weren't in school for the most part at least a lot of kids were not over the last 12 months or so Um, but is now that they're back in school are those reports starting to come back in yeah we're seeing an increase because it's being noticed or we have a child that will disclose to a trusted person at the school or it could be somebody at the church that makes a referral you know or a grandparent because a lot of to see during this COVID they weren't seeing grandparents yeah because if they were older they they couldn't because of the uh, the threat of of getting sick so uh being back open again is helping us to to have that and a lot of children their grandparents are their lifesavers you know and sometimes it's their teachers you know i i think over the next couple of years, we're going to see the outcome of what happened during COVID as far as children maybe not learning as well because they weren't in school, maybe not graduating at the same level, not getting into college. I mean, there's going to be a lot of repercussions because of COVID, and one of those being 
the abuse, you know, child sex abuse, physical abuse on children, domestic violence between parents. I mean, all of this, I think we're going to hear more about it over the next few months. I think that we did when we shut down, everything kind of shut down last spring and summer. But And, and everybody's alone. Tensions you know, the tensions flare in the summer <laughs> when they're home six or eight weeks. And that lockdown, and just the word lockdown, I wish we had used a different different word than lockdown, because that in itself is just like, I'm trapped. I can't get out. I can't do anything. Uh, of course, it was for everybody's uh, safety and health. But I do think that since we're back and, and there's more uh, social people coming together, that, that our children are going to be better protected i'm seeing that and i'm sure there's going to be studies to come out you know in the next couple of years and there's probably some pretty damaging stuff that has occurred but one of the things i heard was that you had like for example delivery drivers they were actually making reports of what they suspected as child abuse at certain homes when they would go drop off a delivery or even animal abuse yeah that they saw yeah i mean in that and Thank goodness for their heart to do that. And somebody encouraged them. There's never anything wrong with reporting what you think. You know, the more you have, fact-wise, the better everybody can do their job. But there's nothing. Always err on the side of caution. Here's another text message. It says, uh, my daughter made wrong decisions and she is homeless, but in Florida. I worry about her and I worry about my seven-year-old granddaughter and what she is learning and being exposed to. What can I do? Well, again, uh, every state has a Department of Children's Services. I'm not quite sure what it would be called in Florida, but I'm sure you could Google that or just go online. And I'm sure they have the same type of reporting that Tennessee does. If you have an address and you have your concerns, uh, if you have a place for them to start, then I would contact their, the equivalent of our Department of Children's Services in Florida and ask them to investigate to make sure that child's safe. If you have a lone parent who is raising a child, but that lone parent is an addict or, you know, is just not there for that child and that person, that parent gets arrested, but yet she has no real relationship with her mother or father, can that mother or father swoop in and say, hey, I'm here? It depends, Scott. Let's use the example mother gets arrested and law enforcement is involved. And let's say there's a child in the car. Let's just say she gets arrested for driving um, and she's under the influence. Well, they're going to contact the Department of Children's Services, somebody's on call, and then they're going to come out with law enforcement and investigate, is there, and ask mom, is there a father? Is there a relative? Um, Is there somebody else that could care for this child just temporarily? And they put them under a plan, a, a plan of care. And until you get out and we come in and there are work services with mom and there's absolutely nobody or there's a father and a mother and they can't agree, like grandma might be good, but they can't agree on that, then unfortunately that child would probably have to come into state custody. That's where the court gets the call. We have the hearing in three days. They get attorneys to see. Well, and then we start the process of helping them uh whatever addiction or whatever is is hindering them from being a, a successful safe parent now i know you've seen cases like this time and time again but how damaging do you think it is for a child to be taken away from one parent then tossed over here to the other parent and then end up in state custody and then go to a grandparent later i mean that's got to be rough it's it's rough on them anyway it's rough on them in the environment that they live in 
They've got chaos usually. They've got the screaming and the yelling. A lot of children are in an intact home that is chaotic and is stressful and not any trauma. Anything that we do to our children traumatizes them. And our ACEs that we look at is those factors of what they faced to, for us to better understand what they need to help them overcome the trauma that they've experienced, even at, a, at an early age. And we have a lot of children adopted from other countries. And, and, and we don't know all the trauma that they faced, being alone, maybe in a baby bed for hours. I, I, you know, but everything has to be looked at. It's not just when the parent we remove the child and we have to do one placement or another. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think America, American psychologists have, I don't know if they know how to properly deal with trauma when it comes from other countries. Like you, you know, look at these Syrian children who were brought here. They were exposed to war, people being murdered left and right, right in front of them. I mean, how do you deal with that level of trauma? And if you don't know it, how do you know that they had it. I mean, you can assume they had the trauma. Yeah, it, it's just very difficult for our children. We're already out of time. Okay. Whoa. Been a good good morning, it Scott. <laughs> Juvenile Court Judge Donna Scott Davenport with us, and we'll post this podcast online in just a little while. Time right now, 9 o'clock, CBS News and also local news. Come your way next on WGNS Murfreesboro.